0: Welcome to episode 8 of the 50 Club Podcast. Or maybe you prefer a standing up infinity sign. I don't know what you're into. Uh, so my name is Kenneth and I'm with Andrew. Hola. And this week we don't really have anything to send back from last week. So we're going to jump straight into our team building series. If you want to know more about what we're doing here, uh, please listen back to our episode last week. And we've explained more of why we're doing what we're doing, as well as the four buckets that teams are in in terms of their window of opportunity for chasing a championship. And this week we're gonna talk about team culture. And now team culture is a really vague idea and concept. So I figured we'd start by kind of giving our definitions. And for me, team culture is a lot like, well, culture in the sense that there are different norms and standards and a shared identity and knowledge that the people within the team have. And it's kind of hard to explain it when you're on the outside of the culture, but everyone within it knows their role in it, knows what to expect from everyone else. So it's really that shared identity piece. And that's at least what I'm gathering from it. And just so we're on the same page, Andrew, what comes to mind when you think of team culture?
1: Yeah, so when we were talking about this idea, and I started thinking about team culture, I think what kind of hit me was team culture is kind of the values of your organization in terms of not in just like how you handle like money for example right you can have culture in a lot of things in terms of how you handle like i said earlier like how do you handle money how do you handle um disciplinary actions how do you handle uh player transactions that kind of thing and i so i think that team culture is kind of the values that you set for yourself saying that these are the things that we're going to hold dear and these are the things that we're going to push forward and always strive for mm-hmm. and like Especially with sports teams, I think there are certain things that we can consider when we're talking about team culture and how it applies to sports. So I think the first one that the first one that we can talk about is loyalty. And in this situation, what we're talking about loyalty, we're talking about loyalty to a player. And what I mean by that is as teams get better, as players get better, their maybe their price changes, right? And it's do we try to get someone else or do we pay the same guy? Because he's been loyal to us and that kind of thing or the reverse would be when the player hits the free agency market it's right it's how loyal is that player Are, is the player willing to give the organization a team get discount or is the player just going to be looking for more money and neither of those is wrong but it's kind of how do you how do you kind of value loyalty in your organization
0: And i'm glad you brought that up too because i think from a fan's perspective it's always fun to see well, I say fun in quotes, but it's always fun to see the reaction to players who want to test out the free agency market or who might be thinking about wanting to change situations and how they're viewed as not being loyal to the team that they're that they signed a contract with. But it's a two way street and there has to be that loyalty or at least some sense of trust or respect towards the players from the organization as well too. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I feel like that's something that usually gets overlooked in terms of loyalty because you usually find it one way or the other.
1: Yeah, and like bringing that up, there, there's something that's really interesting with the fan experience when it comes to that word loyalty mm-hmm. because what you'll hear, right, is, oh, that player left us. He's like not a loyal player. Mm-hmm. But when a team signs someone for a five-year deal or something like that, even longer than a five-year deal sometimes, and says, you're going to be our guy for the future, and then the next year just trades them because mm-hmm. it was like a salary dump, what you hear the, the fans say is, wow, that was a great financial move. It's mm-hmm. like, wait, no, 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 no. Like, from what you're saying, right, it Is it is a two-way street. I am signing with you because I want to do my best for you, and you're going to do the best for me. Then right. all of a sudden, a year later, you're saying that I'm I'm, I'm, expendable. I'm expendable. Yeah, that's a good word, expendable. So, I think that's just from a fan's experience. that's just a really weird thing because sometimes we put like the blinders on, and it's just like, wait are we focusing on this one or that one? And it's like, no, you got to focus on the whole thing, right? It's it's let's not have a double standard between teams and players. And let's focus on looking at the action and seeing what the action was. Mm-hmm. So, so moving on from loyalty, another one that we kind of wanted to talk about was more in like the disciplinary action. And we're seeing this a lot of a lot of times now is, fans and organizations and sponsors and partners are looking at how organizations or teams are actually punishing their players in terms of certain things that they do, whether it be certain acts off the field or just how they handle like the press and that kind of thing. And how do you handle, like, what's your tolerance for that sort of stuff? And I think the best way to explain that type of tolerance is, are you an organization where if your players are late, are they just immediately cut Is it like a zero tolerance policy or is it like, okay, you get one, right? And kind of setting that standard is really important because if you don't set that standard, then either players will do whatever and then everyone's just on a different page. Or if you you keep it the same, then everyone understands, okay, I have this many shots at it, don't mess it up. Or you walk in and it's, I have zero shots at this, I need to focus and not screw it up.
0: And I think one of the things that kind of dictates how much tolerance there is from the team is unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I'm not sure, is the fact that it's really results oriented. So, you know, if the players are playing well and it's resulting on, on wins and maybe championships, but especially wins, how much do you really tolerate what the player is doing off the court as long as they're performing on the court? And it really depends on the team. And again, that tolerance that's built up because would those things fly if it was, if you were on a team that was in the middle or losing So. I feel like a lot of that is also a lot of tolerance is results oriented as well.
1: Yeah. And I think sports is a very unique situation because results are so quick, right? Like results are on the field or on where whatever sport you play, right? You can you can quantify some of that sort of stuff. You can Mm -hmm. quantify like you scored this many points, you helped this many wins, and like even if we get into advanced analytics, it's the same stuff. It's you contributed to this per 36, or you contributed to this, right? And when it comes to that, I think one of the craziest stories I heard like on, I think it was on a different podcast or on his radio show was Marcellus Wiley was talking about his career and he was saying how, when he, when he first started, like the best example is like, Oh, no one thought he was like funny. Right. Cause he was just some (laughs) low run guy and he was just like a rookie trying to prove himself. Mm -hmm. And then he changed teams, signed a bunch of money, was a good player now, or I think he was a pro bowler. And all of a sudden, uh, he tells a joke and everyone finds it funny. Like everyone wants to sit with him at lunch. Right. It's, it's so results based because especially in sports, because not even like the, on the court stuff or on the field stuff, mm-hmm. you can kind of tell who's the results guys. Cause they also get paid more. Right. And your, your, your salaries are all public. Right. So you know how much, who makes the big bucks and who doesn't make the big bucks. So it's like, I should treat this guy better. Cause it's, it's good. So I'm just going to be like laughing and that sort of stuff. And then to tie it off, Marcellus even ended the, that segment and was like yeah and then once i got bad i was not funny anymore and the team wasn't tolerant oh actually <laughs> that that reminds me of another story which was and it was marcellus again i i really enjoy a lot of the things that marcellus talks about Sounds and like he it. said that when when marcellus was initially starting his career he is also like a dj mm-hmm. right and they were like you need to focus on football don't dj blah 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 right so it's it's kind of a problem that you're djing because you need to before right. he gets really good signs a big contract dude DJ all you want, whatever makes you happy. Is it comfortable for you? Does it make you like, does it give you like uh, a break? Be a DJ and all that sort of stuff. He gets bad again, you can't be a DJ. That's just not, that's just not allowed. So I think that's another good example of kind of the tolerance for certain things. And we were talking about like punishments and that sort of stuff, but just even like how you perceived in terms of showing up to practice and that sort of thing. Like it all changes, especially in sports. It all changes once your performance changes.
0: And I really like that DJ story because, I mean, it made me think of something even more recent in terms of, you know, uh, performing well and when your team is winning versus when it's not. So, I mean, I don't know. And just hypothetically, if someone were to, I don't know, dance before games, put it on TikTok, and just, you know, even dance on TikTok after games, you know, it's a lot nicer when your team is undefeated and whatnot. But then once your team starts falling and they fail in the playoffs, All of a sudden your entertainment and it being kind of a way to especially personality becomes a detriment to you so you know i just wanted to add that as a sort of more recent example and a hypothetical example of course
1: yeah and i think i think this moves on to the next one which was um kind of ties to that with performance is how you handle your superstars and how you handle your regular players but the the one that we're talking about in this one is more focused on the superstar and what we mean by that is when you get to this level of competition and you have to think about it right these players are like the top one percent even less like 0.01 percent of players in the world that can do what they do at a mm-hmm. really high level is, is this is sorry i'm like laughing in my head because this also kind of ties to Q, um <laughs> which is that those players of such level they kind of get harder to criticize because you're kind of like, who am I to say this guy is the, this guy, like this guy like is doing this thing wrong. Right. But that is a part of culture. Like your team culture kind of will exude is you treat everyone equal or do you treat your superstars better than you treat your other players? Right. And I think that's, that's a really good point to bring up is in, in some organizations, you just don't talk to the superstar, the super superstar is just quiet and you just kind of let him do his thing. And what his thing is, is really good. But there are other situations where you have to, everyone is held accountable. It doesn't matter if you're Tom Brady or if you're the 53rd person on the roster, everyone is held to the same standard and neither of them is wrong because there has been success in either way of doing it. It's Mm -hmm. just the consistency of it. And the the I think actually the consistency I think is the biggest part is being able to say you know we treated this person this way and this person this way and that's always been our team culture
0: yeah and when it's coming from management or coaches if they treat certain players different than they do others or give them more leniency then I believe it's pretty or I mean again this is all just assumptions and whatnot but I would think that the other players are very aware of that and that they can see that as well so it's one thing to be able to see that treatment from from coaches and from people and authority figures, but I think there's also a sense of wanting to have that culture where role players or players who aren't those superstars do have that ability to speak out against their, their the more higher class of players. I don't know; it's hard to explain because I'm not trying to put them down or anything. I'm just trying to th- say like there are higher paid to this. players. Yeah, and and that's another thing too—the fact that you know when it's kind of hard to ignore salary, especially if you're at, at the professional league. I mean, sometimes you want to focus on your own money, but at the same time, sometimes you pocket watch, and you know it, it's just part of life. But uh, going back to what I was saying, holding people accountable, and I know there are some cases where, again, I'll bring in L.A. Kings because it's it was obvious to me, but you know, like the idea of players-only meetings where you know they kind of don't include the coach and kind of be able to air it out with each other and you know it doesn't matter whether whether you're the star doesn't matter whether you're the captain whether you're the person who's only getting so much ice time you know that's a time where you hold each other accountable because that's your combined culture and that's everyone's a part of it you know doesn't matter like like you mentioned whether you're, you're you're tom brady whether you're the face of the franchise whether you're the 53rd man up then it is what it is
1: yeah and i think this can we're talking a lot of things that are like off the field, but this also ties to on the field too, right? Right. In terms of, I think two two of the obvious ones I would say are like, how do you handle injuries? And Mm -hmm. then how do you handle, um, I guess distribution, I guess is probably the best word. And I'll kind of explain that right now is there are some teams out there that are, it's like, it's about this player. And this is your, this is our culture, right? It's always about the superstar. It's always about, making sure that they're happy like on the court in terms of feeding them the ball or throwing them the ball a lot. Right. But right. there are other cultures where it's like, no, there's for basketball, there's five of us for football. There's, I mean, 11, but you don't throw to 11. <laughs> Um But it's about sharing the ball. It's about
0: making the best play,
1: making the best play. Right. So I think establishing that kind of culture too, is also important in terms of your strategic value, right? Like this mm-hmm. team likes to pass the ball a lot. This team likes to ISO only. Or in football, it's this team likes to run the ball and then run play action off of it. Or this team only throws the ball. And I think that's one way of talking about it in terms of your strategic distributions. And then the other way is in terms of injury, right? Which is, am I expecting the starters just to play the entire time? Or am I like always expecting to get in? And what I mean by that is, am I prepared to be next? As in, that's part of your culture, right? Your culture sets, it doesn't matter if I'm starting this week or not. I'm gonna prepare like I am starting because if that happens, I will be prepared. Whereas some organizations just have a culture where it's like, "You're not playing this week, don't worry about it." Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that's kind of the biggest difference. And I think when I think of examples of that, the the Patriots have a, a big example, which was "Do your job," which came in one of their big when when their last Super Bowl runs that that phrase came out, and that phrase became part of their culture, even though it was already part of the culture. And what that was, was I don't need, since there's 11 of us, I don't need you to do something that you're not like prepared for. I just need you to do whatever your assignment is. And if everyone does their assignment, the strategy as a whole will work. I don't need you to go out and make a superstar play or some like grandiose play. I just needed you to do your job. And I think that's something that was always with that culture with being able to do that. And then uh, I wouldn't say this is a Patriots exclusive thing, but I would say a lot of teams carry this idea is next man up which is essentially like i'm gonna prepare like i'm gonna i'm gonna um i'm gonna be playing tomorrow so if someone does get hurt you always hear the saying next man up it means we're not gonna sit here and poo poo ourselves because we just lost like a really good player it's literally Mm -hmm. next man up you go in you gotta do what you need to do to make sure that your team is still winning and i think those are the kind of two of the ones that i was thinking about and then there's some there's some other teams out there too that are known for like this hardworking style that is about um, just focusing on like the grind and carrying your lunch pail to work every day. But there's other teams that you could say are like finesse teams where it's just like, okay, everyone needs to chill. Everyone needs to make sure they're properly rested and then we'll go do our thing. And again, neither style is wrong and it's crazy because sometimes the style will reflect the city that the team is in, but mm. generally that's another type of culture where you're focusing on how do you work every day?
0: Yeah, and a lot, a lot of it is based on the team, what they have as their culture. And like you mentioned, there is no right or wrong to it. Uh, but I just wanted to speak to the idea of you mentioning Next Man Up. And regardless of culture, it's more about just staying ready. And you never know when, it, when your numbers can be called. So just being able to stay ready. And one thing that's where that's most important is practice. Because, you know, you can't just turn it on between practice and games. And I mean, some people might. I mean, there's probably a small percentage of athletes who can and are able to do that. But even then, they don't want to do that. Or they, you know, they practice as hard as they play. They play like they practice, all of that. And I think especially, like, look, you look at football teams and the importance of the practice squad there and even second string. Like, you're preparing to, like, you're getting reps against the first team. You're getting the opportunity to play against competition that is actually out there on the field day in day out. So if you are put into that spot, you know what you're doing?
1: Yeah, and I I think one thing that I thought of right now, as you were talking about that is, I also feel like we're in a part of culture as as a whole, where mental health is now another topic that teams need to talk about.
0: Absolutely. In terms
1: of, yes, you and I talk about like, grinding and like working really hard and that sort of stuff, right. But now, mental health is another thing that teams are starting to take to care for in terms of hey i need to take a break from like mentally i'm just like worn down right and that is also becoming part of team culture is how is this team handling the mental health side what is the team doing to help their players be on a healthier side and like and that's something that you might not have seen in the past where in in the past you could talk about culture as a whole in the past it was always bring your lunch pill to work it doesn't matter if you like nicked your finger, your headache, or you have a headache or anything like that, you're going to have to keep pushing through. And another analogy before I pass it to you, Kenneth is Mm. before COVID, right. It was seen as a good thing where if you're sick and you just have like sniffles, but you still showed up to work, right. Right. Because you're, you're sick, but you know what, I'm going to come in. I'm a good employee. I'm going to do that. That's completely flipped on its head where now if you're sick, you're staying home. Not because I mean, a it is good for you, but it's also because you're protecting the people around you. So we say this about culture and like setting a team culture, but it's all fluid and based on the times, right. And I think mental health and COVID are two of the two big signs of like culture changing.
0: And I mean, you mentioned mental health. So obviously, in my <laughs> alerts are going off in my head, because I think that a lot of it is really changing the narrative of what mental health and working with mental health professional means for athletes. Because if you think about it, you know, you go to the doctor, or I mean, you should be going to the doctor at least once every year, you know, you get your physical and whatnot and you still go, even if you, even if you're feeling completely healthy, same with going to like a dentist or whatnot. And so with mental health, I don't think it should be that different either. You don't have to be quote unquote damaged, or you don't have to feel sick in order to meet with people. And obviously I'm going to be biased when talking about this because obviously sports psychology, clinical psych, psych, clinical psychology and all that. But you don't have to be broken to speak with it. It can be proactive. Or you, if you just need someone to talk to, I mean, and obviously I'm not going to ignore the fact that, yeah, sometimes it might be expensive. Sometimes if you're not getting it through to the team that you're playing with, that it might not be as accessible. But it doesn't always have to be reactive. It can be proactive. And, you know, just getting those skills that you can use to make sure you don't get to a place where you where you break down and where everything just kind of crashes around you. So. I mean, that's my piece on mental health and how it's not always just reactive.
1: Yeah, and and I definitely brought up that just to hear your perspective on it, just because like I monitor my mental health a lot. It's become very important, especially now during COVID, uh, being isolated. And you know me, like I'm an extrovert, and like it's been a big challenge for me to handle the isolation because I don't get the energy that I usually get. So I have to—I don't want to say manufacture, but I have to find ways to do it. So that, Mm -hmm. that self-awareness is really helpful. And then I think the final part of culture is more of a numbers kind of game with finances in terms of, are we the type of team to spend a lot of money? Are we the type of team to not spend money and like, look for like diamonds in the rough. And I think that's a really important part of culture too, because it kind of sets the precedent of like what teams are signing with. And it kind of helps you move towards your goals. And like, like we've been saying, this is all important. This is all important for team building because Mm -hmm. it, A, tells other players or free agents or, like, honestly, tells everyone in the league what kind of organization you are and what kind of values you have. But it also tells, like, free agents and then the players that tell – well, first, let's go with free agency. It tells the free agents what they can expect with your organization, right? Like, can I expect this team to pay me a lot? Oh, they don't, but they have a really good culture in terms of mental health and supporting their employees and, or it's employees, and supporting supporting their <laughs> players when it comes to um, foundations and that kind of thing. So right. different organizations handle that differently. So I think that's one thing. And then it also helps the organization because it helps you find players that fit, right? And that, that's something that we've talked in the past before about talent and fit. And fit and culture are two things that are also like kind of intertwined. In terms of the idea that does this player fit our culture? Does this player fit our strategic culture right now as a free agent? Does he fit our financial culture in terms of spending money? In terms of his past, does this player affect or does he fit with our like disciplinary culture? And it's these are all little things that teams have to think about before they add a player in any form or fashion because like we said in that the previous episode fit sometimes is even more important than the talent because fit can bring you to another level of talent so these are all little things that teams have to think about
0: and i'm glad you mentioned that because i just wanted to bring that up to the fact that when you do look at teams and the types of moves that they make in terms of acquiring new players or letting go of the players that they do have a lot of it does is connected to what we spoke about in terms of where is the team in terms of their goals of winning a championship so obviously there are some teams that spend more because either they have the money and they just need to feel the roster and they're kind of just you know they they want to play a, a season out and not just put a whole bunch of rookies out there or maybe you just need like we mentioned maybe you just need that one or, or two key acquisitions or additions and usually that's the sign of a team that is mostly set so you know maybe they're they're trying to get from middling to contending contending to championship and whatnot so i think it's i'm I'm glad that you brought that up because these things are connected definitely
1: yeah and like tying finally tying a bow on this um before we move to the next segment is that i like that you did bring in our previous episode talking about up and coming talking about tanking and that sort of stuff because that is also part of the culture right setting the culture in terms of What are we doing right now in terms of our winning, right? Is our culture right now tanking because we're trying to get assets so that sets what kind of players you would pursue, right? And then that also tells like veterans out there, hey, if you're going to be on this team, don't expect winning, expect to be a mentor. And that's what we expect out of you, right? So it also affects your strategic decisions because where you are in that, that um, I guess ranking or those buckets that we kind of talked about, that will determine The culture that you have right now in terms of if we're contending then expect to come in and contribute right away we're not going to give you time to grow because that's just not of our strategic
0: culture right now all right Uh, so i think we've uh exhausted as much as our knowledge can go as far as uh team culture and whatnot so i think it's time to put in park and if you don't know what the segment is by now uh i think we started at episode three so there's a there's a better explanation than what i can provide right now but uh don't worry, if you're listening right now that you'll figure it out real quick. So, Andrew, two hundred and fifty questions. By all means, what's your what's your number?
1: Um, I mean it
0: is episode eight, so let's go with eighty-eight. Well, no, I thought you were gonna say eight, but all right, uh eighty eight. All right. Uh do you like reality TV shows? Why or why not? If so, which ones? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'll let you go first because I have a lot to say about this.
1: Oh my goodness. Is this really the question for this week? Like, I can't even...
0: <laughs> I like it.
1: Okay. Look, I'm glad you like it, because I... Here we go. Um, I'm not a big fan of reality TV, and I think some of it... I underst- Like, the name, it's in the name, right? It's supposed to represent reality, but sometimes it's not even close. It's over-dramatized, like, to me, and it's just like... Like, to me, it's kind of like, yes, whatever happens on the reality TV show is possible, but it's like 0.001% that that's actually going to happen. And I'm like, okay, so let's highlight that one because it's more entertaining and I get it. It's a business and it's entertainment, but come on. Like, really? The zero point, like someone flips out because they went to a mall and didn't get like an extra ice cube or something. (laughs) And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, relax. Like, it's, oh, come on. That's, that's my thing with reality TV.
0: Um, There's a wide range of reality TV shows, so you don't like even any of them? Like, there has to be something out there for you.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll admit I, not recently, like I've stopped, I mean, since COVID, I don't really watch much TV, um, okay. but three shows, I guess I do watch. There um, it is. Oh, stop. Okay. So <laughs> obviously I watch hard knocks cause that's a sports one. It's, yes. I always like hearing, and this is part of the po- reason we made this podcast is I always like hearing players. Piff, so I kind of like knowing yep. what they're going through in terms of how they dealt with COVID. Like I remember this one with the chargers and like the Rams, they had to deal with a lot of co- COVID protocol proto- protocols and they had to deal with like outside workout areas and not being like next to each other and going to Zoom meetings. So it was just interesting to hear that perspective. Uh, this show, I don't watch. I haven't watched recently. Um, actually, that's a lie. I watched like two years ago. <laughs> but I watched it when I was a kid a lot with my mom, which is The Bachelor. And Yes, yeah,
0: say it with your chest.
1: Okay, but but here's the thing. This ties into what I said earlier. The reason we watched The Bachelor was because it was a comedy, not because it was reality TV. That's fair. You still watch. what that whatever floats your boat my man um but <laughs> this
0: is floating my boat.
1: apparently if it was just more of like the hilarity of the things people do in terms of like even the first episodes where it's like this whole like <laughs> song and dance of like introducing every single contender and or contestant i guess and like <laughs> come on like like i've seen some ones where like when it's the bachelor right and the the, the woman will like roll up a rack of like dresses and it'll be like you get to pick my dress. And I'm like, like, stop. Like, just, I just hate this like whole song and dance stuff. Right. Okay. And, and like, I, I say all this and I, but I will give the caveat is I understand why people watch it because I think it was two years ago when I was in New York, um, two of my friends, Megan and Caroline always watched the bachelor. And like, I think I started hanging out with them when they would watch it, like Mm -hmm. near the end of the season and like sometimes the season got like super dramatic where like that one like they were recording something he made some confession and then she said something he didn't like so he like left and he like jumped a fence and then he like left like he was in a different country and he's just like walking around in the dark so you hear the producers and it's like where'd he go blah 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 blah. and it's like oh look at this we're building intrigue we're building this sort of stuff so I get that and we're building drama mm-hmm. um and then the last one that I watched and this was around the same time in New York maybe it was because I moved to New York watching this stuff it was called temptation island it was the re- <laughs> i didn't even watch that <laughs> it was the reboot of that show right and <laughs> it was the reboot of that show and essentially the concept of couples go to like temptation island and then they're split off into like this is the male side and this is the female side and then they bring in like contestants of the opposite sex and then they like are tempted and that sort of stuff and the only reason i brought it up is because one of my favorite things about that show was I I like it when they they make it realistic and what I mean by that is not every human being is going to cheat on another human being. Not every human being is going to like, oh, I'm going to push this person out of the way to get what I want kind of, right? Like that that is what I mean by it's over-dramatized where it's like, okay, like negative Nancy is one thing, but like like let's just not overdo it, right? So that show, like the first season that I watched, they they had been building this whole thing about like this girlfriend was like super jealous and she's like, I can't trust him and blah, 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 blah. And all that sort of stuff. Right. And then on his side, he's like, no, I will not touch another human being because like, I love my like girlfriend so much. Right. And they were building up this like drama and she was like overprotective and all this sort of stuff. And then through that time, she learned that like she was being overprotective and she was learning all these things. So at the end when they met, it was like, no, neither of us did anything. And then it was like, like, like like he proposed. Right. And I was like, okay, like, like a plus for the good guy. Like, Let's give some points to the good guy, right? Like, let's not, let's stop giving, like, this attention and these points to these people that don't deserve our attention. And we we look at it because they're like, no, this guy's a bad person. Let's keep watching. It's like, no, like, can we just watch the good guy? Like, like, if we watch the good guy, they're going to put more good guys on there, right? And it gives us something to, like, strive towards. But, like, no, we're watching these, like, people and their, like, lives shatter apart. And it's like, ha, this is funny. It's like, no, it's not. Like, why? Why? Um
0: i'll yeah, tell you what does it doesn't get ratings
1: that's the problem why doesn't it get ratings and it's like <laughs> ah um and then we we the only thing i would others also say is like i did watch like survivor and like yes. uh what was the one i always wanted to watch the great event no the amazing, amazing race. race yes my was my show i will say i have definitely thought about entering that show so many times with like some of my friends because it'd be like yeah, we argued now. Anyways, do you think arguing would be make it any different? No, Do the same thing. So that's my little spiel on reality TV.
0: Uh, first you said you mentioned Amazing Race, and that just made me think of I don't know if you remember, but after, I forgot how long ago it was, but uh, during during football games on CBS, whenever they would advertise the next shows, it was always Cold Case without a trace, Amazing Race. So like that's how I remember those three yes, sir. linked together yes, sir. with each other. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy reality TV shows, and obviously. Caveat with the quotes around reality, but I don't know. I love watching train wrecks and I feel like it started at a, at a young age. But I'll I'll go to the present. And right now, I know you mentioned Hard Knocks, so I'll I'll start with the more serious, I guess, for lack of better terms, reality TV show. I'm three episodes into the latest season of Last Chance You on Netflix, and they have a basketball season this this season, and oh, it's really gripping stuff. Like I already enjoyed it when they were showing football, but I don't know, for them to do a basketball season, it's a different dynamic. I mean, the the tone is still the same and you, you still have the same kind of core elements, but oh, this season's hit a lot more because it was actually this past year, so I haven't gotten to, gotten to it yet, but it is going to eventually end because of COVID and the episode that they left off on, I was up until like 4 a.m. last night. I was about to watch the next episode because it has them there in it's East LA college. So they're going to be responding to Kobe's death. So I was not prepared to, uh, did I put a spoiler alert for this, but I was not prepared for them to adjust that, but and I was not ready to watch it 4am, but I am loving this season. So I just wanted to uh, promote that a little bit. Uh, I live in a house that religiously watches the challenge. And for me, I would watch it every now and again and, I enjoyed watching it before, but like especially when it was a real world re, real world road rules <laughs> when it was that when it was that time. but I, don't know, I kind of fell out of it and I know that real world is rebooting with the original cast, but honestly the only season that I remembered watching when I was a kid was funnily enough, the one with a, a young man named Mike Mazazin and uh, I wonder whatever happened to him after that. I certainly didn't go into another area of my life that I would enjoy watching as well. Uh, but Andrew, like, I'm surprised that you, or I know you already knew this answer because in our hall first year, did you never walk in on me watching Mori on the big TV in the common room?
1: I don't think so. Now that I think about it, I don't remember you watching Mori. Maybe I blocked it out on purpose, but uh, no, oh. I honestly don't. And like, like, I will also caveat, I when I was a kid, I watched Mori and Jerry Springer. Yes. But that was because there was nothing else on TV. Like, around, like, 11... I remember most of the times. I think Jerry was on at, like, 10 a.m. And then... No, Jerry was on at 9 a.m. It was and back then was on at 9 a.m. Or 10 a.m. Right? Yeah. And it was like... Like, see, that's what I'm saying, though. That stuff is also overdrama. It's like... Oh, it totally is. But I mean... Like, I, every episode I is watch. like, I got your DNA test. Come back after this commercial. And then it's like, I you theory, are actually. the father. And it's like, dun, dun, dun. And I'm just like, okay... Can we can we I, focus on next part?
0: I always so wanted to cool. be in the in the audience for that because uh, those those segments always seem type and then like just the reactions for when I, it did. Happen. Did you want
1: to be one of those people that said
0: Jerry, Jerry, Jerry? I wouldn't be against it, but I love I love it more the parts where they show, especially when it's a paternity test and they show the picture of. The, of who they think is the father and and the child. And it's like he got your nose, he got your ears, your mouth, this is your kid. So I <laughs> love that, that part too. Like um, like
1: that's, like I'm and like you said this earlier, like quote unquote on reality. I'm sure this is someone's reality that. Right I think that's, but
0: that's also what gets to me too is the fact that it is like i look at it as a like kind of a detachment from my reality but the truth is that is actually happening somewhere else in reality and i think that's what hooks me in the fact that it may be like sometimes they they amp up the drama just for the sake of you know making it entertaining on tv but it's not all completely fabricated like there are some actual elements to real life here it may not always be blown up to the level that it is on tv but Oh, I still have another one. I was thinking of it. I don't know if you would count this as reality TV, but the, the shows like Judge Judy and <laughs> so, so shows like that. I mean, I never considered getting into law and I still wouldn't, but you know, stuff like that made me interested in legal proceedings and
1: whatnot. So. See, see, so my thing with reality TV is not what they're showing. It's like just the over-dramification of it, right? Not like, that. I think that's my main issue with it is just like sometimes it's way over the top. Cause I, I, I get that is someone's reality because like, I like documentaries and you can argue that's almost the same thing, yeah. right? Like you're, you're saying something that's reality. Right. But mm-hmm. the thing that makes a difference is reality TV is just like so dramatic. It's not really focused on like the fact of the matter. Right. Yeah. And like sometimes those Maury things or those Jerry things, it always like kind of irked me. Cause it was like, okay, not everyone is this bad. Of course right? not. Like, <laughs> let, let's not, let's not get into believing here that every person is like this level of bad. Like I'm not trying to be naive and saying they don't exist, but at the same time, come on now. Let, let let's let's take a big breather here and see what actually is reality, right? So I think that's that's kind um, of my um that's kind of my thing.
0: And I couldn't I couldn't end this conversation without going to to uh one of my favorite reality TV shows and one that was a very formative one during my high school years, uh, Jersey Shore. Oh stop,
1: oh. stop it. I'm not even kidding. Stop it. <laughs> oh stop man.
0: It was a formative show in my in my childhood so what were you not a jersey shore fan
1: no i i was never on that boat a because i didn't have cable as a kid and then b no i mean i not. didn't really
0: i didn't really follow up because i mean i watched maybe the first season of the of the family reunion but i never kept up with like the i know they, like paulie d and Vinny had a show where they were looking for love or something. but i mean i knew that was a thing i didn't know i didn't actually follow up with it as much as i did with the what was it three four seasons of jersey shore but Oh, there's something magic about that, that season in Italy. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the clip where where the situation like runs his head into the wall and all that, right? No, I haven't. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs>
1: no, I think I'm living uh, is what I'm doing. I just like that sort of stuff. It's so like staged to me, right? It's like, okay, we're gonna, we're just gonna gotta get that, yeah. the most like combustible people possible. And we're just going to put him into a room and see how that goes. Right. Like that's, that's the part that like, like kind of bores me because it's like, okay, you know that the season's going to be dramatic and I get why it's entertaining for for me. It's just not for me. Right. Like, it's just not, that's just not what it is. And like that's coming from a guy who all of my close friends are like opposites of me. Like, (laughs) like if you were to meet my closest friends, like, and this kind of includes you, they, they just don't sound like me. They don't like, the, their beliefs and that sort of stuff are the polar opposite to me, right? So for me, it's just hard to believe that, like, you just can't find some sort of middle ground. But rather, it's no. Now, you won't believe what I don't believe. We're just going to, like, get angry at each other for entertainment's sake, right? So I think that's, that's kind of the thing for me.
0: And I will throw in the caveat that, look, like, reality TV show isn't my main source of entertainment. Like, I mean, I have a whole bunch of other things for that, like, mostly YouTube and Twitch these days. But, I mean, the fact that it is still... I'll watch it when I watch it, but I'm not looking out for it as much these days. But I mean, if there's anything that you, or if there's anything that you get out of this conversation, Andrew, look up the, the Jersey Shore part where they, where they write the letter to Sam, like where okay. Stucky and j like, I'll, I'll look it up. It's legendary, legendary oh, stuff. Jeez. I bet you legendary is supposed to be something from that show too. Um, it isn't, but if yeah, I said, like, it, I, if I said and- the Cavs are here or it's t-shirt time, then yes, that it would be from there, but
1: the and like to, to clarify like my knock on it it's not for me you can watch okay. it like and i'm oh, saying this right. for like yeah. generally everyone right like you can watch it if you want i'm just saying it for me and for all the reasons reasons i listed um it's just never something i found entertaining and like obviously i watch like a ton of anime people don't like anime because it's not close enough to reality right but i've always taken a different perspective on that so i enjoy that sort of stuff more so like i don't really like yeah for me like it's just never been for me.
0: That's just a a good overall rule. It's like, let people like what they like, as long as they're not hurting anyone, or they're not hurting you. Or, you know, as long as like, let people enjoy what they enjoy with within reason. I mean, obviously, there's like, other stuff that people might enjoy. That's that is harmful to people. But for the most part, it's like reality TV shows, you watching anime. I mean, look, enjoy what you enjoy. Yeah, in a life rule.
1: Yeah. and, And to like, put a bow on this, like, I didn't watch Joe tiger, Joe, whatever. Joe Exotic, whatever the whatever that was called, Tiger King, Tiger King. yeah, Joe, yeah, Tiger King, who should be Joe Burrow, anyways. Um, I just never, I just never like got into it because I had, I had asked someone like, oh, tell me about it, and then they tell me about. It. So this is trash TV. Great, not for me. Like, I, okay. don't get me wrong, I heard people loved it. Not for me, right? Like, I like, I watched uh, like Fire Fest or whatever. I watched that. That was a cool <laughs> documentary.
0: Um, you watch both of them yeah I watch okay. different yeah. perspectives yes. um
1: yeah so I like that sort of stuff because I know that's real right like that actually happened like all that <laughs> like all that deception actually happened but if you put that into like an art like a form of like people acting it out I probably wouldn't watch it because I'd be like this is ridiculous so
0: that's
1: fair so that's that's kind of a a little bit of what we both think about um reality tv but thank you everyone to listening to this edition of the 50-foot podcast if there are any topics that you would like us to discuss feel free to reach out to us on instagram
0: what's our instagram andrew
1: oh yeah 50-foot podcast
0: and you can find me on instagram at kenneth underscore camelclang but if you try to give me spoilers for last chance you i will block you uh so don't do that or you can find me at kenneth I mean, I can't block if you send me comments on there, but that's just how it goes.
1: And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next week.